Today's episode is brought to you by Create Engage, the digital marketing agency for the disruptive management consultancy. Digital marketing has moved forwards, but most consulting firms haven't. Many consulting firms still see their corporate blog as their sole digital marketing channel and find themselves frustrated when these blogs yield little, if any, results. For those consultancies that understand digital marketing, though, it can be a huge asset and help them achieve rapid business growth. In fact, at Create Engage, we've recently written a case study of one successful consulting firm that used digital marketing to help them grow over 400% in just three years. Having spent countless hours researching consulting firms and consulting leaders for this podcast, it became very clear that while some firms do digital marketing well, the vast majority of consulting firms struggle to leverage its power and don't know where to start. To help those of you who want to harness the power of digital marketing to grow your consulting business, but don't have the knowledge, capacity, or in-house capability to do so, I launched Create Engage, the first digital marketing agency for the management consulting industry. As former consultants ourselves, we understand the challenges that you face when it comes to delivering effective digital marketing that engages prospective clients and generates leads. Having worked in the industry, we understand consulting buyers, what resonates with them and what doesn't. This enables us to harness the latest in digital marketing in a way that aligns with your brand and your market positioning to attract the prospective clients that you're looking to target. We understand that each consultancy is unique and have a range of services to help you shape, implement and sustain effective digital marketing strategies that deliver results, regardless of where you are on your digital marketing journey. If you would like to find out more about how Create Engage can help you use digital marketing to take your business to the next level, then send me an email at nick at createengage.co.uk or go to our website, createengage.co.uk, where you can download that free case study that breaks down the digital marketing strategies used by one successful consulting firm to help them grow over 400% in just three years and gives you the secrets they used so that you can apply them in your own firm. If you want to outpace your competitors and stand out in the crowded consulting market, then get in touch. We'd love to help you grow your business through digital marketing. Hi, and welcome to Climbing Consulting. For regular listeners to the show, you'll know that alongside the interviews with inspirational leaders in our field, I like to mix it up and give you a range of different episodes as part of this show. Early on in the series, I shared a recap episode bringing together the career advice from all of my guests up to that point. That episode proved so popular that I decided to make it a regular feature of the show, gathering up my guests' answers to the last question that I ask in every interview to give you a comprehensive guide to help you on your career, whether you're just starting out, you're in the middle grades, or you're approaching partner. Today's episode is round three of advice from the best in the business where my guests from the last nine months give you their answers to a simple yet powerful question. What one piece of advice would you give to the following three people? One just starting out in their career, one around manager, and one who's approaching partner. In today's episode, you'll hear the answer to this question from Richard Gould, Jess Frame, Rob Garner, Adam Blomley and Rob Ferrone, Irene Molestov, Ian Price, Alex Gurr, Paul Collins, Chris Gibson, Simon England, Hannah Farah, and my own answer to this question that I share in episode 50 when I turned the tables and was interviewed for the show. 
I've personally found the answers that my guests give to this question hugely helpful in my own career, and I'm sure you'll get a ton out of them too. So without further ado, please enjoy today's special compilation episode, round three of advice from the best in the business. So I'd give one piece of advice to every one of them, regardless of grade, and it would be sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And I think we all need to have a learning mindset and we should never stop learning and be generous in sharing what you know with others as well. Because the minute we think we know everything, mm. the minute we think that there's something more important than going on that training course or there's something more important than keeping our mind fresh with you know, new ideas and new perspectives, then we fall behind. And as consultants, if we fall behind, our value to clients is seriously diminished. Okay, so I would say for those people just starting out, would just be embrace the learning. There is no role I've had since where I've learnt more than my first probably two to four years in consulting. And whatever you do next, it will, certainly for me, has given me more value than any other piece of education I've ever had. It was like the best quote-unquote MBA I could have had. So just embrace it and recognise that is what it, that's what it is. Uh, and it's a huge investment in you. Those sort of in the middle of their career, I would say decide what you want and take ownership to make it happen, which we've talked about a lot. So be in the driving seat don't be the victim have the conversations engage people figure out what action you can take to shape your career in the world and, and not just your career like your, your job like what your week to week looks like take the driving seat and then I think for those sort of as we said that sort of cusp level deciding sort of what next is figure out what gives you energy and that can be topics, it can be clients, it can be colleagues, it can be industries and create opportunities to be around those things and, and to make it happen because Life is short, work is long. At the end of the day, it's got to be true to you and it's got to be fun. Otherwise, and obviously fun, it sounds flippant, but I mean it truly. You know, It's got to give you energy. It's got to be worth getting out of bed for. You've got to be glad it's how you spent your week. And if over a prolonged period of time you're not answering yes to any of those questions, then, then have a different conversation. I realise now actually being on the other side of some of these it's things. It's not that easy, is it? Yeah, <laughs> Um, I'm not pausing just for dramatic effect. So if I take the first person, so just starting, you know, and I'm, I'm repeating some in, advice from some of my guests. So go and learn, you know, do everything. Take the project that you think's awful. You know, the PMO role up in Scunthorpe, nothing wrong with Scunthorpe, but it's far away from London. Go and take it because you will learn the most on the shit projects. And that's not, you know, whatever you do, get learning opportunities and learn and do it and be humble. You know, I think it's so easy and everyone talks about millennials these days, and I, I can't tell you if it's true or not, but everyone talks about them being snowflakes. You know, if you want to get ahead in any career, just go and do the stuff. Get known as someone who can do, because you will get more stuff. You know, Think of it like a computer game. You've got to get through levels one to five to get to level six. Go and get through level one to five, even if it's rubbish. Quite simple. I think manager is then know why you're in it. You know, You've got to that point where and actually, again, it's worth saying, I, I feel I never got to manager, so I'm all sort of, this is secondhand, but you've got to the point where you've got skills, you know, you've got a track record, you can go out to someone like yourself and go, Mitty, what else is out there? And learn when you want to get off the bus, you know, learn, are you in consulting for life because you love it and you see yourself doing it forever or, you know, financially it works for you, whatever it is, it, make that decision and, and decide where you want to get off the bus. Because I think that's the, it's a fourth group I don't ask in here and I realize it's unfair is... I think, and this could be controversial, I don't know, I talk about people who are going to make partner. I think there is a 
a group in our industry who gets stuck in in the senior grades and that is the group that you know hopefully through some of the things i've said and through the interview because I, I speak to some of them about this you know i get i get people contact me off on the podcast is consulting is brilliant if you want it to be if you hate it it's the worst thing in the world you know who wants to be away from their family four nights a week working 12 hour days if you don't love it and other guests have made this point around loving it and so there's sort of a an extension to manager which is if you're anywhere between manager and director and even probably partner and you don't love it get out because i've seen so many i mean you probably get yeah, all the time you know and the hard thing is then you get trapped in that world of you're making phenomenal money and there's a change and maybe that's a slight step down in salary maybe it's a change in responsibility but take control of your career know where you're going and almost the hardest thing i guess must be and you again you probably have these conversations more than i do know if you're not going to make it so the person starting out the the kind of the the new consultant at the beginning of their career i'd i'd suggest there's no such thing as a kind of bad engagement you learn from everything and actually my advice to you know anybody at that stage is is be a sponge you know go, go and do the project even on paper if you think it's the you know the bad fit the worst possible project or whatever you'll learn you'll learn good bad and indifferent but you'll learn and for a while just absorb yeah, there is no there is no such thing as a bad project at that stage, I think. I think for that person that's at the midpoint in their career, maybe, well, midpoint, but a few years in, four or five years in, that for me is the time when you need to start to think about your sort of sub-specialization. You know, it's the what are you going to be famous for type kind of question because I think my personal experience, not only of myself but of colleagues around, is that it's at that point where you start to need to kind of have a recognizable name for something and you need to work out kind of what that something is and that doesn't always come naturally you know and I think but I do think that if people can work that out and then can you know leverage for the want of a better term that then you know that is going to be an accelerator I think in their career I think for that person that's on the cusp of partnership I think back to myself so I I became a partner in 2001 and I actually had some great advice from people uh, in KPMG at the time. Um, but one thing I had to work out for myself was that I had this kind of view that you know, when I became a partner, all of my kind of engagements were going to run fantastically because they were all going to work to kind of you know, my method, as it were. And I learned very quickly that, that actually it was me that had to adopt and adapt to them, not them to me. And, you know, and by that, I mean, you know, if you're going to get the best out of people in terms of the way they lead projects, in terms of the way they manage engagements, in terms of the way they leverage and, and lead people themselves, you know, actually I had to work with them, not them work with me. So actually you don't have a modus operandi, you have four or five modus operandi. And it's kind of working out. So someone said to me, actually a very good friend to this day, KPMG partner in those days, was about taking risks. And the piece of advice was that it's okay to take risks. It's not okay to take uncontrolled risks. So what are, as a, as a new partner, what are your control structures for not taking uncontrolled risks, for controlling that, but doing so in a way that gives people freedom to manage projects in a way that you know, they feel comfortable with, that they're successful at, and you know, you're not shoehorning people into some sort of 
singular kind of control framework, but you have to have a control framework because if your touch point with a project is a few hours a week, you need to make sure that they're valuable a few hours a week. Certainly the person starting out, my advice is, you know, don't ask for things like promotion, ask for opportunities, ask for experiences. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to learn at the beginning and there's, you know, if you're one of the good ones, then that, that will become apparent and those promotion opportunities and opportunities to progress, they'll come to you and, um, you'll be thanked for that approach. I think my, um, advice to somebody starting out is, is going to be quite similar to that. I, I offer, I like the iceberg model. So if you're starting out and there's somebody that you look up to as a role model and you want to emulate the, the one eighth of, um, their, combined things that made them successful is, is is the bit that you see and the visible portion of, of of what they're great at but actually it's the stuff that you don't see that is that what got them to that place so it's thinking about the the seven eighths that 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 support that one eighth of visible success and then how you're going to grow your own personal iceberg uh, that i would focus on and that, for those person, people that are mid-career, then I, I would be looking at what well, I'd, I'd suggest that they look at where can they add value to the business? Where can they take the business in their own unique way that is a, yeah, a value add for the company so that you're not you know, looking to be carried? You know, if, if you can come up with that, that new thing, that innovation or, or that uh, ownership, you know, the company will back you and, um, you know, you'll, you'll get the opportunity then to kind of have your small empire whatever it is and and yeah you you get all the benefits you need from that but you'll be bringing them to the business so that's that's my advice i struggle with the four to five years question because i guess i i never really experienced it i i had lots of stuff sort of starting out and then i albeit on a smaller scale was was in a in a partnership kind of position albeit in a in an organization that itself was growing so if i look at, at our organization now the people that come through the business now are not necessarily the same as the people who came through the business when it was smaller and i, and I don't know what is right or wrong uh, but there's definitely a clear difference and finding people with an entrepreneurial mindset who can make their way to the top of a a larger business on a on a single career path is quite difficult and we found it easier to find the entrepreneurial mindset people when we were much smaller so yeah i don't know what the answer to it is but i guess it's part of it is evaluating where you see yourself do you see yourself as as somebody who is going to be a an important cog in a, in a larger organization or do you see yourself as starting your own consultancy business and having that sense i think would dictate the sorts of things that you're going to try and do at that period great and for the for the final one it's got to be more than the sum of its parts so whatever thing that you end up taking ownership of has got to be incremental to everybody's value Otherwise, you're dead man's shoes. Otherwise, you're simply waiting to replace somebody else who's done something. Um, whereas if you can bring a new element to a, a business or a partnership or 
a new angle or uh, delivers some value or an element of a service offering that that is new to that particular organization so that you're creating value for everyone that, that's that's what i would look for these days in a prospective new partner my advice to those people that are thinking about you know going out there and starting something themselves and that that's don't don't spend too much time on this theory or the or the paperwork or creating powerpoint presentations you really as quickly as possible got to get out there in front of people you know getting your product out there and having conversations and, and making it real as quickly as possible because you'll have plenty of time to tune it and change the messaging and you know work out you know what the commercials look like but if you if you kind of sit in a room thinking about it too much then you're you're going to miss what's going on and you always struggle to connect i will say that i've got the same advice for all three and i'm not cutting corners it is actually the same piece of advice and it's all I can do is say what's worked for me. And, um, you know, I find myself through this podcast in a very interesting position of talking rather than listening, but I'm usually you. I'm usually on the other end asking clients to talk about themselves. In fact, in sales meetings, I say, just just talk to me. What is, you know, what's going well and not so well? And that's how you open a business conversation. And my advice to all three would be, you know, for graduates, go in and listen. I know you've come out of, you know, LSC or LBS or Harvard or wherever, and academically you're on top of the heap, but you're in many ways starting again. You're in the business world. And as I said, you know, we know you're smart. Lots of people are. Just listen, listen to the what's working, listen to how things work in the culture. To the middle manager, listen if you want to progress to what is it that has made people who have succeeded in senior positions successful. Go talk to them and, and listen more than you than you talk. And to people about to make partner, it's the same piece. It's actually listen to the graduates because you don't always know better than them. I don't like people dismissing young people and saying, oh, you know, it's a generation Z, it's a millennial, there's snowflakes that this. No, they've got important things to say. They're the future and we've got to listen to them. So listen to them, listen to your peers and um, listen to the board because they will be very clear on what they want from you when you're promoted. If I, There's something I'd probably say to all of them, which is that think of sales as something that can be very satisfying and actually enjoyable rather than something that's fearful. So I, I talk about leaning in and embracing sales and ultimately, there's nothing more motivating than mastery, feeling that you're getting better at something. And, and you all know this, you know, when you do sell, it's actually very, very satisfying intrinsically. Um, so my first advice would be to everybody would lean in, do it more, make it part of what you do. So f- for the first category, for the first person, I would say at that stage of their career, uh, focus on building their network. That's going to be very valuable to them as, as, they, as they become more senior. So that means networking, going to conferences, going to keeping in touch with people that, that, that they've known in the past and, and sustaining relationships. I think for the second category, it becomes much more about being engaged in the sales process where it might not necessarily touch them day to day. So they might be working on a client, um, maybe speaking to the partner or whoever the respective person or the engagement director, whatever the, the t- title is, and, and just getting engaged with what's the next step for this client. Um, 
maybe there are things that I hear when I'm working with that client that are useful for that partner to know about. Maybe there's potential opportunities. Um, it's at this stage, it's partly about listening. Uh, but also that might be the point at which you start to put your hand up and express an interest in building your skills in selling. So you might be asking for a mentor. You might be expressing your curiosity about the sales process and how you can become more involved. I also think it helps, and this is probably something you would advocate, to get some content out, to get a reputation for being an expert. So to, to putting stuff out there, not because that will bring sales opportunities, though it will. It's much more about having something to talk to people about and, and, and building your reputation. For that third category, I think when you're at that level, you know, you're almost being required to fulfill the Rainmaker role. And this is where it's about new logos, I think. That's where, that's where the, the most excitement comes. That's where the kudos comes. So at this point, I would be saying, you know, look in a very carve out time in a very targeted way to, to establishing new relationships, building, extending your network, finding opportunities outside the existing um, client base to bring in. And that's, that's, a, that's, I think, the most impactful thing you can do at that level. For the person starting out, a bit of advice that I was given, and I absolutely ignored, um, <laughs> so I'm going to give it in retrospect, was your career is a marathon, not a sprint. I was told that by a brilliant guy called Jim Reeve that I worked with years and years ago. And I, um, I completely ignored him. Um, <laughs> but it, it was, it, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, he was absolutely right. So don't get hung up on this day, this promotion, this month, you know, it, play the long game we, we you know we talked a lot about the long game and you know doing things for the right reason over the long period of time so i think you know i would definitely i definitely say that and then probably a, a similar variation of that when you're you know you're a manager you're several years into your career it's probably felt like a long hard slog to get where you are at the moment and uh, you know again play the long game it's you know if you want to be a consultant for the rest of your life then, you know, it's years and years and years of, of work. So for people at that level, I'd probably just say, make sure you find a way of enjoying it, really, really enjoying it. So it's like anything in life. If it's enjoyable, it's worth doing. If it's not, you maybe need to question a, either why you're doing it or B, the way you're doing it. So find a way to enjoy it or get out. And then for the director, don't become dysfunctional. So I always find that people are at their most dysfunctional just before promotion points. And I think particularly, you know, the more senior you get, because you've clearly put a huge amount of work into getting to that point in your career. Again, do it for the right reasons, play the long game and just hold true to you. Don't try and be something you're not because you're close to being a partner. Because when you're a partner, you're starting, not starting again, but your career almost gets going again. So you've got to, it's got to be sustainable and you've got to do it in the right way. One of the great things about being a pensioner now is that it doesn't matter what you say. Because, <laughs> you know, if people don't like it, they can say, oh, he's old now, you know, and it doesn't really matter. What, what does it matter? So I'm going to give you a somewhat heretical answer. So to the young person who's just starting, go into one of the bigger firms and learn as much as you can. They're fantastic places for learning stuff. If you want to learn how to be a consultant, how to 
develop a certain subject matter to the point where you're seen as an expert. It's a wonderful industry to get involved in client businesses at a much, much younger age than you would normally do by going into the normal management route uh, that, that I did back in Lucas and, uh, and then IBM. So I think it's a fantastic place to start your career. So go do it, right? See where it goes. To the one who's, you know, maybe the future version of that person, right? But who is now, you know, they've done a few years of that, right? They've learned a lot. If they're in one of the big firms, I think you've got some options and they're all good options, right? So there are some people who just love the environment that they're in. It's a cosseted environment. There's loads of resources around them. They've got a fantastic business card. And there's that, you know, sort of promise that one day they might be a partner and, and there are all of these spoils to come. I would ask you to, to look at the organization structure and just see the ratios, right, between numbers of partners and numbers further down the organization. And then search your heart as to whether you're going to be one of those future partners, right, in looking at your options. But I think the options are to go and join another boutique firm. So if you don't stay where you are, you'll get exposed to much greater responsibility sooner in a boutique firm. And, uh, you know, pick one of the better ones, right, that's been around a while, that, that's not just been there for two, two or three years. So, you know, your alma mater at Beringa or something like that. But pick one of the, the mid-sized firms and your potential for progression and for earnings and responsibility and challenge is probably greater in moving out into one of those firms. And, and frankly, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, you can probably go back to where you were before. So I, I would look at that potential. I'd also look at the world of financial services and particularly investment banking. Some years ago, there was a graph on the front page of City AM, which is the local free mag in the, in the streets of London uh, that's out every day that had a graph of income versus age comparing the consulting industry with the investment banking industry. And it was a fascinating graph. And what it said is that from age 21 to 25, if I remember rightly, you'd get better income by working in consulting than you would in investment banking. But at about the age of 25, 26, the graph crossed over and the, the consulting one continued linearly forward. The investment banking one went exponential. And so at the age of 30, you might be earning two or three times what you would earn in consulting. And it caused quite a furore in the, in the city at the time. And, and lots of people didn't believe it, right? But I believe it to be true, having run a consulting business and now run a very expensive <laughs> M&A business, right? The expectation of my 30-odd-year-olds out here is far greater from an income point of view than they ever would have been if they'd have been working in WCI of old. So I think that's a great place to have good income and very, very challenging work, right? And so firms like Equitech, right, or even some of the bigger investment bankers are, are, are another option to, uh, to consider. The one who's just about to become partner is an interesting one. On. Um, th there's no doubt the life of a partner can be great. I, I think if you can, and, and I'm not talking from personal experience here, right? Now, I know lots of partners of the big consulting firms, right? So some of them are friends and, uh, and uh, so I know their life. And I think if you are good at managing in the big corporate environment, you're good at managing the politics in a big corporate environment, you uh, are good at protecting your back and uh, supporting your, you and your team in amongst your other very competitive partners, then I think it can be a great existence and you can have no, not only a very good earning life, but the, the way in which you earn is very different to 
the person who decides to build their own business and then potentially sell. And I've often looked at this and compared and contrasted the two because the person who's in the partnership is earning more each year along the way compared usually to the person who's in running their own business. The difference is obviously at the end, the person is able to sell their business if they're running a business. But then if you look with hindsight, let's say it's a 10-year period and look at the amount a partner would have earned over that 10 years versus the amount of income an owner would have earned plus the amount that they received to their firm, unless they do a really good job of building the firm and get the 100 million or so at the end, then often you find the partner has earned more over that period of time. And also it's been delivered each year rather than waiting for it at the end. And that's also has a very different psychology about your life. And I think the owner's life often drives some of the problems, right, of being totally focused on what you're doing as opposed to the partnership life. So I, I have found in the past in, uh, in WCI that the person who's about to become a partner, you can persuade them co to come and join you. Once they've become a partner, it's very difficult. Yeah, and they've seen, you know, the, the potential fortune that's on the horizon. But the ones who might become a partner, who, are, who should become a partner next in terms of their progress, but might not become a partner, there's an opportunity to go. So they still have an opportunity, I think, to move out into a boutique firm at a senior level. But probably most of them are going to continue to be a partner where they are because it's the easier route. It's the less risk route. And who knows, it might be the rest, best route for them. Yeah, so for the young consultant, and you know, and first of all, yeah, I'm not sure how qualified I am to give advice, but here's kind of my view of the world for it. For the young consultant, just get involved. Just get involved in everything. Say yes to everything. Get involved in as wide a variety of different types of projects as you can because you you don't know what you're going to enjoy and you don't know what you're going to be good at. Keep your eyes open and your head up. So it's it's too easy sometimes to get sucked into the detail of projects. Think about why the project's happening, why the business that you're working for needs to make the change it's trying to change. Think about, you know, what you're trying to achieve as a project rather than the particular task you're working on that day or that week. I would say don't panic about whether you're doing the right types of jobs or the cool jobs or the sexy jobs. That'll all come. Just enjoy it and have a great time and get involved in everything and learn as much as you can from the, the bad projects, the ones that don't go quite the way you want them to go, as you do from the good projects. That's one I'd give to the, the young yeah. consultant. I think the, um, well, the second one was kind of five years in. Yeah. I, so I, and I've started saying manager, if only because I, I used to say four to five years. Yeah. But I, I, and maybe it's just because of how long I've, I've been out of sort of consulting in, in terms of being in a firm. But I, I think that's probably very good going to be a manager. So I don't want to uh, do people down. But take it where you almost, the, the place that you see as most poignant. So it could be where you were yeah, when you left. The, or, the, the five, six years here. And whatever it, exactly. I think now is the time you've got to take control of your destiny. You, you, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to make a decision about what direction you want to take your career. Do you want to develop some kind of deep, subject matter expertise and be the person that sells work because you're known as the person that knows everything there is to know about a particular subject. And if there's a project going on in that area, you're the person that needs to be involved. Are you going to be a kind of a, a doer 
just really good at getting stuff done and therefore clients will will ask for you whenever they've got a problem because they know that's the person that just can deliver at all costs no matter what the type of project it is or are you going to be the more business development driven knocking on doors building relationships you know which direction are you going to take and then take control of your your career and make sure you get the the career development support you need to take you there. And I think whatever direction you go on, and I would actually say this to the younger consultants, I say this to people all the time, I wish someone had grabbed me by the lapels whenever I was younger and given me a good shake and said, focus on building a network early in your career. And, you know, we spend a lot of time in this at, on this at Penn, which is not too early, never too early to start building a network. And it, that starts with what we call meaningful networking, and then that'll develop into business development in in, in the future. But and sorry, just because I just because you met you you mentioned it with the you know with the air quotes. What what for you is meaningful network? Because I think it's a really important point. But I, I'm I'm interested to get how you how you advise people on what that looks like. So what I mean for that is we're not talking about networking to make friends and um, and have a few beers or a coffee every <laughs> night again, right? You need to be precise about it. You need to build a routine around it, and you need to record it and and track it that's the meaningful part of it you're not trying to sell million pound projects at that stage but what you are trying to do is develop a a group of people in your chosen sector or industry that you know well and you know clients that you work with tend can shoot up organizations very quickly with just there there depending on how the company restructures or what they get involved in they can shoot up the and become a decision maker pretty quickly and in that case you might have worked with them on a project six years ago yeah. when you were both analysts on a project or whatever it might have been. And you don't want to be the person that, that phones them up and says, oh, you know, remember me? We worked together six years ago and now you're uh, an important decision-making client that I'd, I'd like to come and, uh, and, and yeah. buy you a coffee. Yeah. You know, you want to be the one that's on text saying, well done, I knew you'd get that promotion. Lunch is on you because I bought last time. It'd be great to crash up because I want to tell you what's been going on in my world and, and see what's going on with you. So don't underestimate the importance of that. I think in a way, it's a, it, it's a bit of a probably recap of some of the points I've made. And I, I, I think you probably expect me to mm. say some of these things. So I think, yeah, analysts and consultants, I'd say, you know, go, go with it. Don't overmanage your career. Don't create constraints. Seize every opportunity. Yeah, work hard. There are no real shortcuts, as I said earlier on, unfortunately. To the manager, I'd say, you know, what, what are you good at? Focus on doing those things that actually you're good at and therefore you're going to perform best at. Also be inquisitive, you know, back to whether that is an industry, your client's business or whatever. You know, immerse yourself in it. Become an expert in that be interested in it and then i think to the sort of partner or about to be partner level again i i'd say probably to time when in in your career where it might not actually be that obvious to do it because there's a huge amount of pressure on people is focus on talent and the people you've got in your team spend a disproportionate amount of your time and capacity on people 
at a point where the temptation would be to focus on sales, clients, customers, delivery, bottom line profit, actually do something a bit different and spend 50% of your time on people. And I think that will return a higher return on that investment. So the, somebody starting, I mean, whenever someone joins CF, the thing that I always say to them is be patient with themselves. I think starting anywhere new, you know, there's a way we work around here. And that's true of every organization. It's culture, it's cultural norms, how you do things. And like nobody expects you to get them right from day one. And don't expect that of yourself. So be patient is what I say. Get to know people, make friends, create relationships and just take some time over getting started. Um, And I I mentioned this before in consulting. I think you have a lot of hugely capable people who decide to go into consulting. And with that capability comes high expectations on oneself, you know, can't fail, never fail, whatever. And the reality is we all learn more from failure than we do from success. So it's just that being patient with yourself. For managers, I often think managers have got the hardest job in consulting. You know, they're they're like the front line with clients. They're in the middle of the, you know, they get it from the bottom, they get it from the top. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think I often think, you know, people are leaders at all different levels and all different points. So it's not, it's not a position, but from a position point of view, it's the point when I think there's an expectation that people begin to lead. And part of what one needs to begin to think about is the impact that you have on others and the influence you carry. And you're used to, I think, thinking other people are influential, but now you've got to get used to your being influential. So, you know, you may have worked, you may be used to, you may like working those really long hours, but if everybody thinks now that you're their role model, then what are you doing? So getting used to that you've become a role model and you're starting to need to role model for other people and beginning to see yourself differently in that kind of frontline leadership role. I don't know that it it always gets tended to in, in the kind of more structured development that people have or necessarily thought about in those terms, but that's a kind of key thing, I think, to think about at that point. And somebody at my level, whatever they're doing, starting a consultancy in a consultancy I don't know I guess a simple but important trick is learning to say no if they haven't done already which I think lots of senior people still struggle to do I mean so in starting up your own business knowing what to do and what not to do as opposed to just taking everything that comes your way because you think oh it's a job I should do it but you know equally I think just it, it is impossible to manage your to-do list unless you say no I'm not doing that this is how you know active choices about the use of your time and how you uh, prioritize and controlling it act, you know day in day out controlling what you do is the thing that I see lots of people struggle with and that would be my my big you know 
pointer to remember. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Climb in Consulting podcast. If you did, I would be very grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice, whichever one you may be using. And please also share this with anyone that you think could benefit from hearing today's interview. If you want to get in touch or give me any feedback about the podcast, please feel free to drop me an email. It's nick at climbinconsulting.com and I look forward to hearing from you.